You're listening to a Big Finish production. That's the answer you should all have. Danny Pink turned to look at the sea of teenage faces comprising Class 10M3 of Coal Hill Secondary School. The sea of teenage faces gazed back. Listen, guys, I know algebra isn't exactly a riveting subject for lasting on a Friday afternoon, but it's got to be done. Any questions? A hand shot up. Yes, Chloe. Sir, where's Miss Oswald? I meant about the lesson. But, sir, where is she? Aren't you missing her? Not that it's anybody's business, but Miss Oswald is away on residential with Year 9, OK? But, sir... And that's all any of you need to know, especially you, Chloe. Yes, Andrew. All right, pack up your stuff, which you're already doing. Great, good initiative, guys. If anybody's actually listening, I want you to finish up to question 10 for Monday's lesson. Oi! And don't forget... Don't forget to have awesome weekends. <laughs> Danny slumped at his desk. The room seemed instantly cooler and a breeze wafted through the open window. He pulled a tower of exercise books across the desk, determined to get through some marking before heading home. Danny paused mid-tick and considered his own weekend. Whatever he did, it would be missing one vital component. Miss Clara Oswald. If he had to answer Chloe's question honestly, yes, he was missing her. A lot. Put yourself together, mate. Damn. Danny's pen ran out halfway through writing an encouraging comment, and a trip to the stationery cupboard was needed. See you, sir, said a straggling year eight. Slow! Down, the weekend isn't going anywhere. Jenkins had already vanished and was probably halfway to Totter's Lane. Danny reached the stationery room and touched his ID card against the lock sensor. He stopped dead in his tracks. No. No. You have got to be kidding me. Squeezed between racks of pens and photocopying paper was a blue box. A sign identifying it as Police Public Call Box ran along the top. It meant that the most dangerous, not to mention infuriating, person Danny had ever met was at Coal Hill. Right, that's it. Doctor, you are toast. Danny shoved the open wooden door with a flat of his hand and strode into the TARDIS. Doctor, get down here, I want a word. She's not here, so you can shift this thing and go and do whatever it is you do when you're, um, not here. Doctor, where are you hiding? Danny took a tentative step towards the cluster of controls at the center of the room. The glass and steel column arrangement looked like it belonged in the Tate Modern and not the stationary cupboard of a secondary school. He reached out. Gah! 
Sorry, uh, as you were. He knew he should leave well alone, but if the doctor was around, nobody was safe. Danny climbed to the upper walkway, eyes running across a line of books. What kind of person puts on the origin of species next to the Bunty Annual? Further along sat a desk littered with scraps of paper. Next to it was an old-fashioned easel blackboard. Danny read the scrawled chalk writing. Hypotheses, I think. Conclusion, therefore I admit those winter nights must just fly. Danny's military training kicked in and he dove beneath the desk, pivoting in the cramped space to better see the newcomer, the Doctor. In his blue Crombie coat, the Doctor must have thought he looked edgy. To Danny, he looked like he'd walked out of a breakfast cereal cafe in Hoxton. Oh, sorry, Doctor, I can't play out today. I'm babysitting a bunch of teenagers in Kent. Oh, that's fine. I can show you baguettes the size of skyscrapers, skies the colour of burning coal, an alien rabbit with two heads called Bob. Don't worry, I'll be fine. That's your loss, Miss Oswald. The Doctor leant over the controls and smiled. Some people smiled and it was reassuring. The Doctor looked like he wanted to eat you. It's just you and me, old girl. What do you say? Podluck protocols? All right. Surprise me. Potluck protocols? What the hell are potluck? Whoa! Danny's world turned upside down. <coughs> then inside out. <coughs> lights flashed on and off. Danny closed his eyes, but the lights were still there, so he opened them again. The room lurched. Danny saw the doctor gripping the console, eyes shining with excitement. That's it. Round and round it goes. Where it stops, nobody knows. Every time the room settled, it moved in another direction. Up, down, sideways, all at once. Noise, light and movement coalesced into a single mass of sensory input. Oh, nicely done. Well, it's not going to kill me out there. Yet. Let's see where we are. He's insane. Utterly insane. This was life with that maniac? How could anybody be happy with that? Danny thought of Clara and felt a pang. This was what she wanted? Enough. Danny took his chance and ran for the doors. In a couple of days, Clara would be back. He'd hold her. Tell her how he felt. Give her a reason to turn her back on... on whatever this was. Never... again. The cold air of the TARDIS gave way to oppressive heat. Oh, my... Instead of Coal Hill's stationery cupboard, Danny stood high above what his brain was currently processing as enormous alien jungle. No. He didn't. He... he wouldn't. The TARDIS stood on an outcrop, above a dense canopy of trees stretching to the horizon in a wave of peaks and troughs. These were no ordinary trees. Leaves of vivid blue and red mixed with deep greens. Clouds of water vapour drifted lazily above the tropical jungle. Cautiously, Danny approached the edge of the outcrop, sloping down into the trees below. Good, doesn't it? Well, I go. Don't do that. Do what? 
creep up on people. Oh, sorry, P.E. Was I not observing the social niceties? It's not like you were trespassing in my TARDIS or anything. You just carry on. Don't mind me. You knew I was there? Well, of, of course I knew you were there. Think you could break into an advanced time and spacecraft into my advanced time and spacecraft and I wouldn't know? The door was open. Oh, that isn't the point. You landed in the middle of a school without permission. But are you going to play musical semantics all day or look in awe and wander at your first alien planet? That alien traveller shtick might impress some people, Doctor, but not me. Well, your girlfriend finds it plenty impressive. Danny's fists balled in anger. That's the problem, isn't it? The doctor regarded Danny with an amused half-smile. He met the schoolteacher's gaze, then turned back to the view. Danny swallowed his anger and took a petulant step forward. Where... where are we, anyway? No idea. You're kidding. I never kid. Pot-luck protocols. That's what you and Clara do. Fl flick a switch and hope for the best. Well, pull a leaf up. Yeah, sometimes keeps it interesting. Unlike this conversation, you've had your fun, so chop-chop. Enter the box and back to school for Mr. Pink. Listen to me, you arrogant, infuriating... Ah! Doctor! Danny scrabbled for purchase on the disintegrating outcrop. In a different situation, he might have laughed at the aghast look on the doctor's face as he leapt forward to grab at Danny. But it was too late. Ah! The doctor's face receded into the distance. Danny plunged, feet first, down the steep, muddy slope. Whoa! Whoa! Ah! Ah! Oh! Whoa! He grabbed at passing branches and vines, but his hands were slick with mud and water. Whoa! The jungle canopy rushed up in a blurry patchwork of blue, red and green. Trees rushed by, the air hot and fetid. Jagged rocks snagged at his clothes, shirt ripping. Just as it seemed, his plunge into the alien jungle would never end. The gully abruptly opened out, sweeping up like a nightmarish water slide. Doctor! Doctor, have you got a rope in that box of yours? Trying not to think about what else might be in the dark pool of water that had broken his fall, Danny swam for shore. <laughs> Pinkish sunlight sliced in thin shafts through the jungle canopy. He hoped the doctor was up there somewhere, but he wouldn't put it past him to jump back in his box and vanish. <laughs> this is not the weekend I had in mind. What are you doing in this sector? Danny was hauled to his feet and found himself looking down the barrel of a rifle. Whoa! Easy, 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 easy. See? I'm not armed. I'm not armed. Look. That wasn't something he could say about the unit of soldiers. He counted seven, male and female, wearing ragged combat fatigues and carrying chunky rifles. Their sweat-slicked, grimy faces told him they were combat-weary, edgy and tired beyond endurance. What unit are you with? All Cathillian and human personnel were ordered to pull back from this sector, stat. Danny turned to the newcomer. Uh, oh, I, um... He was staring straight at a talking dinosaur. A dinosaur wearing a uniform, carrying a rifle. 
Bright, intelligent eyes examined him from a wide face of copper scales that swept up to a double-crested forehead that twitched and moved. A snub nose sniffed the air, and Danny couldn't help but focus on the line of vicious-looking teeth that were revealed when the creature opened its mouth. I ask again, which unit are you with, soldier? Do I look like a soldier? Oh, nothing to see here. Stand down, at ease. Take the rest of the day off. Danny never thought he'd be so relieved to see the doctor. Oh, great, just what I need. More soldiers. Apologies for my pudding brain. He does have the habit of wandering off. I tried to return him, but I've lost the receipt. Thanks for nothing, doctor. Oh, don't mention it. The dinosaur's crest twitched in agitation. Are you from the same unit? It growled. The doctor looked affronted. I'm with nobody's unit. A human soldier stepped forward. Captain, we have to go. It's almost... I'm aware of that, Corporal, snapped the dinosaur. Prepare to move out. We'll sort this mess out later. Doctor, we better get out of here. I reckon we've stumbled into a combat zone. Oh, you think? And what's this we business? A radio clip to the lizard officer's uniform crackled into life. Ten to all units. Peninsula forces moving in Sector 12. Incoming airstrike. Repeat, incoming airstrike called in on your position. Take cover! barked the captain. The soldiers jolted into action, hefting gear and moving at speed into the dense foliage. The doctor span on his heel, grabbing Danny. Don't stand on ceremony, P.E. Move yourself. D don't call me, P.E. Oh, too late, yelled the doctor. Doctor, get down! Danny! Doctor, I'm here. I'm, I'm right here. We need a medic! No. I won't do this. I won't. Sergeant Pink, report. No. No. Breathe. I can't. Why can't you hear me? I will not let you down. Clara. Wakey-wakey. Where? Where am I? Oh, try not to be sick. It isn't a good look. What? What happened? I feel dreadful. Then stay tucked up nice and cosy in bed. Somebody iron those bedsheets just for you. Oh, smells like a hospital in here. Hot ding! You'll go far with those powers of stating the obvious. The doctor's face swam into focus, peering down at Danny. Not dead, then? Don't try and hide your disappointment. What are you wearing? The doctor looked down at the blood-smeared surgeon's gown that had replaced his blue coat. Just a bit of cosplay. Danny realised somebody else was standing with the doctor, wearing the same surgical scrubs. A woman about his own age, her bright face framed by short dark hair, grinned down at him. How are you doing, kiddo? She said brightly. Captain Arena Reagan, but if anybody asks, I'm just a country doctor from good old planet Earth. Welcome to the 9066 Medibase. Medibase? Was I... Oh! Oh! Wincing, Danny looked around. To either side, beds ran in a line to the far walls. Patients, a mix of human and... dinosaur. Human and Cathelian casualties are medivaced here from the field, said Reagan. We do what we can, which isn't much. I remember. I 
I think. You took a nasty blast. If it wasn't for your friend, you'd have been a goner. He's quite the surgeon. You? You operated on me? The doctor glared. Not a word. <laughs> I wouldn't dream of... Ah! Reagan leaned down to him. Steady, she said, holding out a stubby injector. Your meds are wearing off. This'll help. What was that? Reagan stood. How's the pain now? What pain? Reagan smiled again. Exactly. Can't remember, can you? The doctor snatched the injector from Reagan's hand. Let me see that. He held up the device to the light, examining it with narrow eyes. I'm not in any pain. Clever, isn't it? said Reagan. The doctor sniffed the end of the injector suspiciously. State-of-the-art pain meds. Works on short-term memory engrams, removing the biochemical memory of the pain in a looping cycle. If you can't remember it, it ceases to exist. The doctor snorted. What's wrong with paracetamol? Works for me. Captain Reagan. Reagan tensed. Uh-oh, here's the boss. A hulking, uniformed Cathillian approached across the ward. You have other patients to attend to. So glad you're here to point these things out, Colonel Quarang, said Reagan, smiling sweetly. What would I do without your expert command of this base? If it were up to me, I'd ship you and the rest of your peacekeeping force back to Earth on the next transport. Don't let me stop you. The crest on Quarang's head twitched in agitation. With thanks to the Cathillian Protectress Treaty with your ridiculous planet, I'm stuck with you. Reagan laughed. <laughs> well, I'll leave you boys to it. Doctor, see you in the OR. Danny, take it easy. Uh, yeah, thanks. Doctor, I'm pleased to see your assistant here appears to be out of danger. His what? Oh, ah, yes, my assistant. He's such a help, sickly we think sometimes, but he looks to be bearing up, don't you, Mr. Pink? Uh, yeah, bearing up, doctor. Quarang grunted in satisfaction. Very good. I've been authorized by Central Command to extend all hospitality for the duration of your enforced stay at the 1966. I won't lie, having a surgeon of your skill in my OR is welcome. The doctor inclined his head in acknowledgement. An awkward silence stretched out between the three. The doctor coughed. Quarang looked from the doctor to Danny, sniffed once and nodded. Well, carry on. Quarang turned briskly and marched away through the ward activity. The doctor saluted smartly. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. What the hell are you up to? Oh, just saving your life. Don't mention it. Thank me later. They think you're some hotshot surgeon. That's a laugh. I am a hotshot surgeon. The doctor produced a black leather wallet from beneath his scrubs. He helps to have a bit of fake ID. You operated on me. And some of your ward mates. Thanks to your tumble, we were slap-bang in the middle of an airstrike launched by the Oceanic Peninsula Alliance of Cathillian Protectorate Forces engaged in a stupid border conflict. The what now? Cathillian Peninsula... Oh, what does it matter? These soldiers over here want to kill those soldiers over there. Bang, bang, bang. Lots of people die. Nothing changes. <laughs> yeah, we're all just a bunch of grunts. 
Saving the lives of soldiers. This must be killing you. Well, it was either this or military prison. You can recuperate in safety. We slip away to the TARDIS, back to Earth, and nobody is any the wiser. Especially Clara. Got it, sunshine? You're terrified she'll find out about this? I'm terrified of nothing. Yeah, of course. Nothing remotely terrifying about her. Listen. Attention! Incoming wounded! We have shuttles approaching the base. Incoming wounded! The quiet efficiency of the ward erupted into furious activity. Personnel ran back and forth, sprinting for the doors which hissed open. Captain Reagan clapped the doctor on the shoulder as she hurtled past. We're on, doctor. Let's go. The doctor glanced at Danny. You're going to be okay, P.E.? Stop calling me P.E. I can look after myself. Go. Save some more lives. The doctor was gone, running through the doors in a flail of bony limbs. The ward fell back into efficient silence. A few nurses and orderlies remained, tending to patients. It looked like an ordinary ward in any of the military field hospitals Danny had seen. Apart from being on an alien planet and half of the casualties being humanoid reptiles. <laughs> Cautiously, Danny threw back the sheets and pulled himself slowly out of bed. <laughs> he hobbled to the thick window set into the wall between his bed and the next which held a Cathelian soldier. Danny turned his grimace of pain into a friendly smile when the reptile glanced nervously up at him. Hi, I'm... I'm Danny. The Cathelian turned away, averting its gaze. Danny shrugged. Fair enough. Can't say I didn't try. Danny had a good view of the Medibase. Modular buildings crisscrossed the floor of a valley. Human and Cathelian personnel ran behind heavy tracked vehicles, thundering up a wide dirt road towards a raised, flat mound set just beyond the base's perimeter. Tree-covered mountains rose up to jagged peaks. Between these roared four heavy aircraft in formation, banking as they dipped towards the base, heading for the mound, which Danny realized was a landing pad. It looks like a lot of wounded coming in. I reckon they're gonna be busy. A Cathelian nurse stood before the next bed, instruments scattered where they dropped to the floor. He was staring, wide-eyed, at Danny's reptile neighbour, who was sitting up in bed. Sheets pulled up protectively. Hey, what's wrong? Let me help. It's, it's just an accident, nothing to be... I'm... I'm sorry, I... stammered the nurse. He stared at the patient for another second, then turned and fled. Danny frowned at his neighbour. Weird. Any idea what that was about? The Cathelian stared after the nurse, reptilian eyes wide. There's nothing to be scared of here, mate. You're safe. Hey, is everything all right? We're all in the same boat here, walking wounded. If you want to talk... The Cathelian quickly turned away, pulling sheets tightly around her. O okay, as, as you were, not my problem. Danny sat on his own bed and pulled his covers over his legs. He lay back, suddenly exhausted. <sighs> not my fight. Not anymore. However far I travel, I will never understand the desire of sentient beings to inflict such cruelty on each other. The doctor's hands were a blur, running a digital sealant unit across a young human soldier's abdomen. This one, he was sure, would pull through. But what about the next? And the next? A gowned and masked Captain Reagan worked on a Cathelian casualty at the table opposite. She laughed ruefully. 
This is supposed to be a peacekeeping mission for the Human Alliance forces. You see much peace in here? Reagan gestured with a scalpel around the operating room, where other surgeons worked at the double-banked line of ten surgical tables. Each table had another casualty of war before them. Where does war end and peace begin? murmured the doctor, finishing his work. He stepped back, barking, I'm done here, next! Orderly stepped in, carefully lifting the soldier from the table onto a stretcher and wheeling her away to the recovery ward. Scant seconds later, two more orderlies wheeled in a heavily wounded Cathelian, its uniform shredded into tatters. The doctor prepared to work. We can debate that over a regalian martini in the mess when the shift is over. Ginger pops my poison, said the doctor. Clamp, he directed, and his nurse expertly stepped in. Damn, shouted Reagan. Damn it! I lost him. She closed her eyes, placing gloved hands against the table. A nurse pulled a sheet over the Cathelian's body. I'm sorry. Me too. Nothing justifies this much bloodshed. Reagan sighed. Tell that to a dictator like Uzag. That's what drives this. The Oceanic Zone had been isolationist for centuries. Uzag comes to power and mobilizes into the Protectorate Zone. Before you know it, you got a fully-fledged border war. For all their claims to complexity, most wars boil down to ego or somebody wanting a bigger garden. Reagan glanced round. Looks like we're done for now. The doctor peered over his table towards Reagan. Watery blue, grey eyes weighted with sadness. If there's one universal constant, war will never be over. (gasps) Danny woke with a start. What? It took him a moment to remember where he was. Events of the last few days flooding back. Apart from periodic wall lights, the ward was dark, the base in its night cycle. His mouth was dry, pain in his chest making him wince. He'd be due those weird memory pain meds soon. Hello? Who's there? The next bed was empty. A dark figure slipped through the far door. Where are you going this time of night? Ignoring the ache in his chest, Danny struggled out of bed. He padded quietly across the ward of sleeping wounded, after the Cathelian. Danny stepped out into the night, shivering against the sudden chill. Memories of cold nights on duty in Afghanistan rose, unbidden. Another time, another place another Danny Pink. He rubbed his eyes, dispelling the past and scanning the darkened buildings of the Medibase. Service lights lit areas in circles, catching corners of the network of modular buildings. Where are you? Two Cathelians stepped through a pool of light, forcing Danny back into cover. They quickly went on their way, and Danny scanned the shadows again with a trained eye. There. Gotcha. A shadow disappeared round the corner of a building. Pain spreading across his chest, Danny ducked low and moved after the shadow. 
Got to, got to get away. The guard. Hey, 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 what are you doing? Danny rounded the corner of a building and found the wounded Cathillion sitting in the driver's seat of a jeep-like vehicle, prodding at the controls. Mate, you are in no state to be boosting a jeep. The Cathillion stabbed desperately at the vehicle's unresponsive controls, reptilian eyes wide and bulging in terror. They can't find me here. They mustn't. Well, whoa, easy, soldier. You, you need to breathe. Who can't find you here? What are you afraid of? Danny moved close to the Cathillion, placing a soothing hand on her shoulder. The soldier grasped onto him. She might be an alien, but the look in her eyes was unmistakable. Danny had seen it a hundred times before. Help me! Help me! I've got to get away! I've got to... The Cathillion's grip on Danny slackened. Her eyes darkened and she slumped forward, unconscious. Oh, no! No! You don't! Danny tried to support the soldier's bulk, but she must have weighed twice as much as a human. They collapsed to the floor in a tangled heap. Help! I need help here! Medic! Doctor! Better? Asked the doctor, with not a hint of concern. Yeah, much thanks. Leave it a while before going on any more midnight rambles, eh? You're all hot, you know that, right? The pain in his chest blissfully forgotten, Danny got to his feet. After the doctor and Reagan had found him, Danny and the Cathillion had been brought to a treatment room off the main recovery ward. Reagan leant over a treatment bed, attending to the unconscious patient. Colonel Quarang stood to the side, stony-faced, huge arms folded. Is she going to be okay? Reagan nodded. She almost ripped her wounds open, but I've managed to stabilize her. What were you doing out there, Pink? Growled Quarang. Just looking out for a sister in arms, you know? Oh, you squaddies. The doctor snorted. Always stick it together. Come off it, P.E., my eyebrows are itching. Something's up. You are so infuriating. All right, something weird. A nurse on the ward clocked our patient here. Looked properly freaked out. Well, thank you for that succinct appraisal. Double maths with you must be a treat. Reagan grinned. Are you two always like this? You know what I mean, doctor. Something pushed her to go AWOL in the middle of the night. I think they recognized each other, and she looked terrified. Quarang frowned even further. What do you mean, terrified? Danny shrugged. I, I, I don't know. Like, she'd been caught out. I've seen the same look on Courtney Woods' face. The doctor rolled his eyes. Quarang rose to his full height in the way only a military commander could. I can't risk any security threats to this base. We will question this nurse. Nice office you got here, Quarang. What'd you call the colour? Off beige? Drab green? The Doctor, Danny and Reagan stood in Quarang's Spartan office. The only decoration appeared to be a curved ceremonial dagger on the Colonel's desk, now clutched in the commanding officer's large, scaled hands. It's an office, Doctor, growled Quarang. Aesthetic comfort was not an overriding concern. Oh, that's the trouble with you soldiers. Apart from the shooting of the bombs and genocide. Never trust a person who doesn't appreciate the value of a good throw and scatter cushion. Doctor, give it a rest. You're starting to sound like Clara. Funny that. I'm starting to know how she feels. Oh, I, I somehow doubt that. 
The room fell into awkward silence. <coughs> Reagan steepled her fingers together and looked at the three men with an amused grin. Maybe I should do a coffee run. The nurse was escorted into the office by two Cathillian soldiers who were taking their orders very seriously. The nurse was clearly terrified, the crest on his forehead twitching back and forth. The Cathillian saluted. Nurse Torre as ordered, sir! One of them barked. Quarang rose. Very well. Dismissed. The soldiers saluted in unison, turned and stomped out. The doctor watched the exchange with disdain. Nurse Torres stared around with wide eyes. Danny could bear it no longer. It's all right, you're not in any trouble. That, said Quarang, is not for you to say. You are merely an observer here, Pink. OK, whatever you say, Skip. Oh, enough of this, Waffle, said the doctor, pulling a chair forward. He took the nurse's hand with surprising gentleness and invited him to sit. Hello, I'm the doctor. Your nurse, Toria. The Cathillian swallowed. Yes, yes, sir. Danny was taken aback to see the doctor's face soften. Those normally flinty eyes flooding with warmth. Don't call me sir, he said with a twinkle. That's for putting brains like Quarang here. Now wait a minute, thundered Quarang. Danny couldn't help but grin. Now, my friend Danny here saw a little incident between you and a patient on the ward, is that right? Nurse Toria glanced at Danny. It, it's okay. You can tell him we want to help. Yes, sir. You know her, don't you? Toria nodded. Before the war, before the border partition, we were at the same university. Different study programs, but we were in the unified peace society together. You were shocked to see her. I'd say terrified covers it. We all knew who her father was. She didn't make anything of it, but we all knew. Quarang gripped the dagger harder. Who is her father? Oh dear, said Reagan. I think we can guess. Lieutenant Yesath Uzeg looked up at the group around her bed. Yes, she said. I am the child of your greatest enemy. Let me get this straight, said Reagan. We're harboring the daughter of Uzeg, the dictator scumbag who started this godforsaken war in the first place? She looked at her patient. No offense. Yesath remained silent, as did Colonel Quarang, who glared fiercely at Yesath. Unusually, the doctor stood back. But why? Why are you here? You're putting yourself right in the firing line. Danny sat next to the bed, feeling suddenly protective towards the Cathillion. Yeseth turned haunted eyes towards him. Because I abhor what my father has become. What he has turned our people into. Because violence is a sickness that creates more violence. Because taking a life, any life, is fundamentally wrong. Yeah, I'm with you on that score, my friend. Danny felt the doctor's eyes on him, but he refused to meet his gaze. 
Your old man forced you to fight, so you did a bunk from the unit. I took the uniform from a dead protectorate soldier during a firefight and turned my weapon upon myself. I put my fate into the hands of others. Quarang took in a deep breath. You are my enemy and a filthy deserter. If you were under my command, I would have shot you already. That's enough, Quarang. Back off. The colonel barely flinched. You overstep, Pink. Remember the chain of command. I lost my respect for that a long time ago. Danny saw the doctor leaning casually against the wall, arms folded, face blank. Yesath smiled sadly and closed her eyes. I feel no shame in this. I did what I did to save myself from a horror of my father's making. Do with me what you will. Reagan stepped forward. Let's all go down to the officer's club, order a round of martinis and forget any of this ever happened. Quarang ignored Reagan's attempt to break the tension. Under Lieutenant Yasatha Kenohuze, as commanding officer of Medic Base 1966, I am placing you under arrest as a prisoner of war. No! You can't do that! Doctor, tell him! You will be valuable as an asset in continuing negotiations to bring this conflict to an end, and I have no choice but to inform Protectorate Central Command. Yesath's eyes remained closed. You've properly lost the plot, haven't you? Where's your... humanity? Quarang paused in front of the doctor as he left the room. There are guards posted outside. I advise you not to try anything, Doctor, unless you want a plasma bolt in your back. You can't let this happen, Doctor. The doctor said nothing. Doctor! The doctor strode across the main compound of the Medibase, hands in pockets. Head down. Doctor! Doctor, wait up! RP! There you are. Come on then, what's the plan? Let's get going. Good idea. Back to the TARDIS. I'll have you home and tucked up with Coco in time for the epilogue. Just to laugh the epilogue? We're leaving. We have rather outstayed our welcome. Yes, that needs our help. Why? Her actions led to consequences, and now she's paying the price. That's life. She'll be killed. You don't know that. If the Protectorate don't execute her, her old man will. Look at me when I'm talking to you! Hands off the coat, now. Convince me. What? Convince me. Stage a case. You think we should help Yesath? Why? Because... Because... Because she made the most difficult choice there is. Go on. Sometimes, picking up a gun is the only way. Fighting is the only way left to defend what you believe in. If what Clara says about you is true, surely you understand that. Women and men step up and make that choice to fight. It doesn't make soldiers bad people, whatever you might think of them, of me. But when you've no choice, when you're forced to fight against your will and you're still brave enough to throw down your weapon and make that choice, it deserves something, anything. What about your Sergeant Pink? Where do you fit into that equation? I'm Mr. Pink. Maths teacher at Coal Hill School. Sergeant Pink was somebody else. The choice was taken away from me, and I relive that moment every single day of my life. But you know what? People like Clara make me a better person. Those kids at school make me better. Even Courtney Woods? Even Courtney Woods. 
I don't care what you do, Doctor. Go back to your box. Vanish. You're, you're really good at that. I'm, I'm staying and stepping up to help somebody who needs it. Finally. Huh? Thought you'd never get there. I'm almost moved to tears here. You mean... You mean we're gonna help? Of course we're gonna help her. Just need you to realise why. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Oh, I die. hate you so much right now. We need to talk to Reagan. Two Cathillian soldiers stood guard on a corridor, rifles held across their barrel chests. Their gaze barely flickered as a figure appeared at the far end of the corridor, pushing a treatment bed along on anti-grav units. The gowned and masked surgeon stopped before the soldiers. He gestured to the prone figure beneath a pristine white sheet. Hi, hello, how are you? Uh, got a patient needs urgent attention. One of the soldiers turned slowly to the surgeon. This treatment room is under lockdown, she growled. The surgeon gestured to his patient. Well, maybe you could give me a second opinion. I thought it was gout, but what do you think? The soldier grunted and leant forward. Danny Pink opened his eyes. Watcha, say cheese. He jabs an injector into the Cathillian's neck. The soldier groaned and slumped to the ground. Before the second soldier reacted, Reagan stepped through the opening door of the treatment room. Nighty-night, she said happily. That was easy. Back of the net. The doctor ripped his surgical mask off. This needs to be quick, said Reagan. There's a transport ten minutes out. Coming to take Yesath back to Central. Let's move then. Danny, the doctor, and Reagan helped Yesath out of the treatment room and onto the bed. The Cathillian grabbed Danny's hand. Thank you, she said gratefully. You didn't have to help me. Yes, we did, but we're not out of this yet. Front and centre, let's go, I'll take point. Why can't you just say, shift yourselves? Asked the doctor. Why can't you just be quiet? As one, they pushed the treatment bed along the corridor. If we time this right, Reagan said. There's a medivac on the pad ready to take Wounded back home. Once it's away, they'll have a hell of a time locating the right transport, especially when my pilot buddy swaps transponder codes. Then she can just disappear. How did you work that scan? Reagan grinned. There are some things you really don't want to know. Forget I asked. They emerged into the base compound, where a jeep was waiting, and so was a Cathillion. The soldier leveled its rifle. Hands up and move away from the trolley, he ordered. Sorry, buddy. Can't do that. The doctor rolled his eyes, but raised his hands. Whatever you say, officer, he said helpfully, moving slowly round the treatment bed. We'll come. Ha! Lightning quick, the doctor extended a bony arm, his index finger making gentle contact with the Cathillian's chest. The soldier's eyes rolled up into his head and he fell to the floor. A second later, he was snoring gently. What the hell was that? Venusian Aikido. No time for diplomacy. Up you get, said Reagan, pulling Yesath into a sitting position. Into the jeep. Danny and Reagan helped Yesath across to the jeep. The doctor scanned the base compound with narrowed eyes, watching. Oops. That's torn it. We've been rumbled. Over there. Danny pointed across the compound to where a distant line of both Cathillian and human soldiers ran into view. Reagan was already behind the controls of the jeep. The transport must have landed. Quarangle be on the march. The doctor jumped up next to Reagan. In you get P.E. No. 
Oh, one trip in the TARDIS and he's already ignoring me. Just get in. We need time. I can buy some for us. Danny knelt and picked up the fallen pulse rifle. He looked to where the soldiers advanced. Doctor, go. Get Yesath to the transport. I'll be right behind you. The doctor stepped out of the jeep. And just like that, he becomes a soldier again. You really don't know me, do you? I see you clear as day. Then look at me again. Clara's always banging on about how clever you are, what a good man you are. So look me in the eyes now and be a good man. Trust me. The doctor held Danny's gaze, but said nothing. He turned and climbed back into the jeep. Yesath, stay safe. Yesath gave Danny one final look and nodded. Reagan, said the doctor, eyes forward. Let's go. Reagan gunned the engine. I thought you'd never ask. Danny watched the jeep zip across the compound towards the distant evac. Then he turned, hefting the pulse rifle. Let's do this. Colonel Quarang strode ahead of the human and Cathelian soldiers that had landed minutes ago, ready to take the child of their enemy back to central command. He was at a loss to explain why his top surgeon had disobeyed orders and abducted a sensitive asset. Reagan was infuriating and undisciplined, but he had never considered the human would actively disobey orders. This way! He commanded. They can't get far. That's far enough, Quarang! You and your boys can get back! Quarang peered across the compound. The human, pink, stood some distance away. A pulse rifle held across his chest, feet planted firmly on the ground. If you want Yesaf, you have to come through me! Quarang leveled his sidearm. Don't be a fool, Pink! You're outnumbered and outgunned. Step aside and let us pass. I'm not going anywhere, sir! Danny gripped the pulse rifle tighter, but kept it level across his chest. When he'd picked the weapon up, he was scared it would feel natural. Right. An extension of himself, just like in Iraq and Afghanistan. Quarang took a pace forward from the line of soldiers, sidearm raised and trained in Danny's direction. I don't want to shoot you, Pink. Thank you very much, sir. That makes two of us, sir. But I will order these men to do what they have to. I wouldn't expect anything less, sir. I hope you'll give me the same respect, sir. Quarang paused, assessing options. Come on, make your move. Very well. You have been warned. Ready weapons! The soldiers took a pace forward. Take aim! Here he comes. Danny tensed, finger resting gently against the trigger of the rifle. Slowly, deliberately, he turned the weapon in his hands, bringing it to bear on Colonel Quarang. The doctor watched the medivac shuttle leap into the air, turn a graceful arc and thunder away from the evac pad. Reagan leant against the jeep, shielding her eyes from the sun. Do you think Yasath will make it? She shouted. The doctor shrugged. With luck, she's got a fighting chance. Sometimes that's the best we can hope for. He moved swiftly around the jeep, looking down towards the medibase. He frowned seeing the lone distant figure of Danny Pink facing a line of soldiers. That doesn't look good, 
said Reagan, climbing into the driver's seat. For who exactly? Let's go and get him. Danny's grip tightened further, hurting his hands. The line of soldiers froze, waiting for the order to fire. Come on. Come on. Danny blinked, trying to clear his vision. His mouth was suddenly dry. Then he heard it. Of course. A little boy in a dark blue football shirt ran in and out of the line of soldiers. I was waiting for you. The boy looked at Danny and smiled. Danny blinked and the boy was gone. Danny raised the gun high above his head, then flung it onto the ground. He kept his hands raised. I surrender! You hear me? I surrender! Across the compound, Quarang gestured to either side of the line. The soldiers advanced, weapons always trained on Danny. That's it, lads. Keep coming. Nearly there. Danny closed his eyes. One. Two. Three. Four. Five. Danny's eyes snapped open. He turned and ran, sprinting towards the cover of a building. The ground ripped apart in a volley of rifle fire. Keeping low, arms up to shield against debris, Danny felt a blast bite into the ground near his foot. He swerved, then hurled himself around the side of the building, diving into cover. Stay on him! Advance! Reagan brought the jeep screeching to a halt between Danny and the rapidly advancing soldiers. Energy beams now slamming into metal. Cutting it fine, Doctor! The Doctor stood, stretching an arm out to haul Danny into the jeep. Would you prefer a taxi? Get in! <laughs> Sparks haloed around the Doctor an energy blast slamming into his shoulder. Doctor! The doctor collapsed into the back of the jeep, gasping in pain. He's hit! Danny glanced across to the soldiers. Guarang stood, weapon raised in grim satisfaction. Keep firing! Bellowed the colonel. Reagan, go! track through dense jungle, bucking and bouncing. Reagan battled to keep them from turning over. Danny held on tightly, trying to assess the doctor's injury. How is he? Reagan called back, swerving to avoid a rock. I'm fine, said the doctor through gritted teeth, then gasped in pain. Ah! Hold still. Get off me. Ow. Hold still, you big baby. There are some meds in the kit, said Reagan. Same as we used on you. It'll get rid of the pain. No, 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 I don't do well with painkillers. If it shuts you up for ten minutes... Don't you dare pee. Don't you... The doctor's face relaxed. He sighed with sudden relief. Ah, oh, sorry, he said, a note of confusion in his voice. What was I saying? Doctors always make the worst patients. Reagan laughed gunning the jeep along the track.
Reagan brought them to a halt near the rocky outcrop. The TARDIS stood waiting. Feels like months since we were here. Never thought I'd be so happy to see that stupid box. Come on, how you get, Doctor? I'm not an invalid, the Doctor snapped, stepping nimbly from the vehicle. He flexed his shoulder experimentally, spinning his arm like a windmill. Healing very nicely. How did, how did you... I thought for a minute you were done for. Oh, sorry to disappoint. I'm made of stern stuff. This is where you want dropping? Asked Reagan, looking in confusion at the TARDIS. What is that? Best not to ask. I'm still getting my head around it. The doctor strode purposefully towards the TARDIS. Hey, rude much? Aren't you going to say thank you or, or goodbye? Not looking back, the doctor raised a hand, waving curtly. Thank you, goodbye. He unlocked the TARDIS door and vanished inside. Um, sorry about that. Thanks. For, for everything, Captain. Reagan grimaced. Ugh, don't call me that. And you're welcome. You, you're going to be okay. You're in a lot of trouble. Reagan grinned. I can handle Quarang. I'm too good at what I do. I'll be back drinking martinis in the officer's mess before you know it. The doctor stuck his head out of the TARDIS door. Pee! Shift it! No! And with that, he was gone. Danny held out a hand. Good luck. Reagan shook it. And you. I don't know where you guys came from, but it's been fun. See you around, Doc. Danny ran towards the TARDIS. He disappeared inside and the door closed. A second later, the box faded away to nothing. Reagan watched the space where it had been for a few seconds, then laughed out loud. She was still laughing as she drove off. Danny watched the doctor move around the TARDIS controls. For a man who'd been shot, he was looking surprisingly well. So what now? What now? Back to Call Hill and the mundanity of your tiny insignificant existence. That's it? Well, you were expecting what exactly? This isn't a game show. There's no bendy bully just for taking part. Yeah, but you... You put me through all that and you're just putting me back in the box. Um, so, so to speak. That's exactly where you're going, Sunshine. You stole away in my ship. You brought this on yourself. What about Clara? Play with fire. Get your fingers burnt. Think how she'll react if she finds out about this little excursion of yours. I wouldn't have fired. You do know that, don't you? The doctor placed both hands on the console. He smiled thinly and fixed Danny with the full force of those slate eyes. Yes, I do know that. Danny met the doctor's gaze and found himself smiling back. The doctor's forehead creased, eyebrows knotting. He took a stumbling step backwards. Doctor? I don't feel too good. What's in those pain meds? Danny felt in his pocket and pulled out the hypospray. I've got a head full of haggis. Reagan said this acted on memory engrams to remove the pain. Time Lord. Memory engrams are much, much different to Hume. Human. The doctor looked at Danny, confusion clouding his face. P? What are you doing inside my TARDIS? 
He crashed to the floor. Doctor! Doctor, come on, you're scaring me! The doctor's eyes snapped open to find Danny Pink looming over him. Did you just slap me? Well... You slapped me! The doctor jumped to his feet, glancing round suspiciously. You were out for the count! The doctor glared. I was not! What are you doing here anyway? Don't you have to go and teach how many beans make 12 million? What am I doing here? We've just been... Wait a minute. What's... What's the last thing you remember? I came to take Clara away from Tedium Central, but she's gone AWOL on something called a residential. Sounds hideous. Then your somewhat horrific visage was looming over me. I don't believe this. You really don't remember anything about the Look, P, Daddy, I'm a busy, important man, and I don't have time to stand around exchanging unpleasantries with you. The doctor grabbed Danny by the arm and dragged him towards the door. Not today, thank you. Out you go. Danny stood in the cramped stationary cupboard where this had all started, looking blankly at the TARDIS. Um... By the way, said the doctor, poking his head through the door. You look terrible. Have you been in the wars? Just thought you should know. And not a word to Clara. <laughs> Danny stood in the now empty cupboard staring at the space where the TARDIS had been. <sighs> he pulled the empty hypospray from his pocket and held it up. Danny Pink smiled sadly. Don't worry, Doctor. It'll be our little secret. You have been listening to Doctor Who, The Twelfth Doctor Chronicles, War Wounds, written by Mark Wright. It starred Jacob Dudman as the narrator and the Doctor, and Samuel Anderson as Danny Pink. It was directed by Helen Goldwyn and produced by Alfie Shaw. The script editor was Matt Fitton, sound design by Lee Adams, and music by Johan Morris. Executive producers, Jason Hay-Gallery and Nicholas Briggs.